Hello, friends. Welcome to the Functional Nurse Practitioner Podcast. I'm a board-certified family nurse practitioner who believes in utilizing functional medicine strategies in order to provide a more comprehensive approach for optimal health. The current model of care in healthcare is very lacking, which led me down the road of functional medicine. Functional medicine is a systems biology approach, which looks at uncovering the root causes for the symptoms we are having in order to allow for healing versus simply applying a band-aid to the situation. I believe we need an integrative approach of both conventional and functional medicine in order to provide the best care possible. I feel so strongly about this that I had to leave my conventional medicine practice. While conventional medicine thrives with acute care issues, there is much to be desired with regards to chronic conditions. No longer could I practice in an institution where volume of patients rather than optimization of health was its driving force. I started my own practice specializing in functional medicine where I work with my clients to uncover their unique story. Utilizing the functional medicine timeline and matrix, identifying the antecedents, triggers, and mediators driving the disease process assists with getting to the root causes of the symptoms in order to allow for healing. This personalized approach leads to improved health outcomes. If you want to work with me and live in Indiana, head on over to my website at www.thefunctionalnursepractitioner.com and click the link to book your free introductory call. Just a quick disclaimer that this podcast is meant for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose or be a substitute for medical advice from your practitioner. Also, if you like what you hear on this show, I would be real appreciative if you would leave a review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you're listening from, and subscribe to the show. Okay, on to today's episode. Today we are continuing the conversation about anxiety. Last week we started a new series and really defined what anxiety is, its prevalence in the world. We then went into different types of anxiety disorders. Today we're going to zero in on triggers, causes of anxiety. This is such an important conversation, my friends. If I've learned anything in the past few years going through my own health scare, (laughs) that's putting it lightly, I have learned that we have to look to the root or roots for what is going on with us if we truly want to heal. In my practice, I see anxiety a lot. It is very common as we went over last week. We are all unique and different. My reason for anxiety may be different than yours. This is what I love about functional medicine, because when we can identify your reason, the why behind your anxiety, we can begin to unravel the disease process so we can actually heal. Today's show is going to be fabulous, my friends. I hope you're ready. I am. I do apologize for this being a day late. My husband and I have been out of town and we just got back late last night. So I hope you can forgive me. Today's episode was prompted by a question from Virginia who asked, why do I have 
have anxiety. For as long as I can remember, I always seemed anxious. Is this something that I'm always going to have to live with? Thank you, Virginia, for writing into the show and asking your question. I do recommend partnering with your healthcare practitioner or a healthcare professional regarding your own unique situation. Okay, friends, let's get into causes and triggers. As you can imagine, this topic is vast. We are all unique and different, and I do not think anything is as simple as you have this because. Anxiety disorders are among the most common mental health conditions worldwide affecting millions of people. While the exact causes of these disorders are multifaceted and not fully understood, they often result from a combination of genetic, environmental, and psychological factors. Additionally, certain triggers can exacerbate anxiety symptoms or lead to the onset of an anxiety disorder. I've got five potential causes. Remember, this is complex of anxiety disorders. Number one, genetics. Friends, you knew this was coming. There is such a strong genetic component to anxiety disorders. Individuals with a family history of anxiety disorders are more likely to develop them themselves. I've spoken many times before on the show about my genetics. I have the COMT catechol O methyltransferase AA genotype. AA, so homozygous. Thanks, mom and dad. COMT is an important enzyme in phase two detoxification where it is involved in the conjugation and degradation of catecholamines, which are hormones made by the adrenal glands released into the body in response to emotional or physical stress. The main types of catecholamines are norepinephrine or noradrenaline, epinephrine or adrenaline, and dopamine. The AA genotype is associated with three to four times decreased enzyme activity. The COMT SNP impacts the activity of the enzyme and has been associated with breast and ovarian cancer, substance use disorder, and mental disorders such as schizophrenia, anxiety, bipolar, depression, and cognitive decline. This SNP is associated with higher dopamine levels, resulting in lower pain threshold and enhanced vulnerability to stress. When combined with MTHFR genotypes, greater probability of major depressive disorder. Remember, I have the MTHFR CT genotype, which is heterozygous and associated with a 30% reduction of the gene compared to homozygous, which is associated with a 70% reduction. There is still a reduction. And remember, we have to look at the whole picture. I also have the GABRA2 GG genotype, gamma aminobutyric acid type A receptor alpha subunit. What a mouthful. GABRA2 has been found to mediate anxiolytic activity, which plays a key role in emotional and behavioral control. Most of the GABRA2 SNPs have been linked to alcoholism and adolescent behavior. G allele carriers respond slower to the effects of alcohol and are hypothesized to be more prone to alcoholism, especially noted in the GG genotype like mine. My mom was an alcoholic. So was her sister, my Aunt Gloria, their father, my grandfather. All three had cirrhosis of the liver. What can we take away from this? Are we all doomed to follow in the footsteps of our family? 
Maybe, maybe not. Remember, genetics load the gun and the environment pulls the trigger. I also have the DRD3CT genotype, dopamine receptor D3. This genotype is associated with an increased dopamine binding affinity, resulting in increased dopaminergic action potential. Dopamine receptors play a pivotal role in regulating emotion, cognition, memory, attention, learning, sleep, impulse control, renal function, and locomotion, as well as in neuroendocrine signaling. This SNP has been implicated in mood disorders, schizophrenia, obsessive-compulsive disorder, addictions, and cognition. The last potentially incriminating gene of mine related to this conversation is the HTR1A GG genotype. 5-hydroxytryptamine receptor 1A. This gene encodes for the G protein coupled serotonin receptor, which mediates serotonin, impacting cognition and behavioral functions such as sleep, mood, pain, addiction, locomotion, sexual activity, depression, anxiety, alcohol abuse, aggression, and learning. My mood pathway is considered a high-impact pathway. It makes the cut for one of my top three pathways. What is my key takeaway? I have a genetic predisposition which actually empowers me. No wonder I've had a lifetime of feeling anxious. I am not hopeless. Contrary to what those specialists told me with regards to my autoimmune issues, I can see the connection. My history of heavy periods, cramps, ovarian cysts is connected with my history of anxiety. Shout out to COMT. I love this stuff. I am such a nerd. I love feeling empowered. When we can see, we are not just fucked. (laughs) Friends, yes, I said it. I'm sorry if I offended you, but how many of you have felt this way? I have. It is a lot to swallow. Knowing that there is a reason that I can actually do something to change my trajectory to get off the anxiety highway changed my life. Number two, brain chemistry. Neurotransmitters such as serotonin, norepinephrine, and gamma-aminobutyric acid, or GABA for short, plays a critical role in regulating mood and anxiety. Imbalances in these neurotransmitters can contribute to anxiety disorders. This can be linked with genetics, as mentioned with my particular SNPs. Number three, personality and temperament. People with certain personality traits such as perfectionism, shyness, or a predisposition to excessive worry may be more prone to anxiety disorders. I am definitely prone to perfectionism. It can keep me awake at night. I need to remember that there is no such thing as perfection. Oftentimes I'm practicing deep breathing exercises in the middle of the night when I am feeling particularly perfectionistic. Number four, traumatic experiences. Childhood trauma, physical or emotional abuse, or exposure to life threatening events can increase the risk of developing an anxiety disorder. These experiences can disrupt the brain's stress response system. Trauma is one of the leading drivers of many different conditions. I see it every day. I lived it. We cannot ignore the impact that past trauma has on our lives. 
Number five, chronic stress. Long-term exposure to chronic stress, such as ongoing work-related pressures or financial difficulties, can contribute to the development of anxiety disorders. We went in-depth about stress and its impact on cortisol, episodes 13, 14, and 15. If you missed it, we need to think about the impact of chronic stress on the body. It matters, my friends. Now let's talk about triggers of anxiety disorders. I love lists. <laughs> I've got eight triggers of anxiety disorders that you may relate to. Number one, stressful life events, significant life changes or stressors, such as a divorce, job loss, or the death of a loved one can trigger anxiety disorders or exacerbate existing symptoms. We need to consider the trigger, the catalyst of disease, any disease process. We may have a genetic predisposition, but we have had some type of trigger that propelled us towards an issue. Number two, medical conditions. Certain medical conditions such as chronic illnesses or hormonal imbalances can lead to symptoms of anxiety. This is known as medical-induced anxiety. Number three, substance abuse. Alcohol, drugs, and even caffeine can trigger or worsen anxiety symptoms. Withdrawal from these substances can lead to heightened anxiety. Oftentimes, someone may be battling with multiple causes and multiple triggers. We need to be empathetic and look to connect the dots. Shout out to functional medicine. Number four, phobias and panic triggers. Specific phobias such as fear of flying or heights can trigger anxiety when confronted with the feared object or situation. Remember that panic disorder is characterized by unexpected and intense panic attacks. Oftentimes, these different disorders are compounded. Someone may be dealing with two or more of these concerns. Number five, social situations. Social anxiety disorder can be triggered by social situations such as public speaking, parties, or meeting new people. The fear of negative evaluation or judgment is a hallmark feature. Always keep a focus on potential triggers. I love identifying triggers, arming my clients with a PDF for future study. I know that truly understanding my own unique antecedents, triggers, and mediators have been a blessing, helping to connect the dots, raise awareness for situations that may be triggering. Being mindful of such triggers has been a game changer. Number six, environmental factors. Living in a high crime neighborhood, experiencing natural disasters, or being exposed to ongoing violence or conflict can all contribute to the development of anxiety disorders. Number seven, chronic health concerns. Anxiety can be triggered by chronic health concerns, especially when they involve uncertainty or a lack of control over the situation. I have so many wonderful clients I am working with, with serious health concerns. This can be perpetuated by feelings of being gaslit. We need to back it up. See the situation as a whole. Number eight, relationship issues. Relationship conflicts, family stress, or abusive relationships can lead to anxiety disorders or worsen existing symptoms. I don't know very many people who do not experience some type of relationship stress at some point or another. For those of us, yes, us, I am one of you. For those of us prone to anxiety disorders, relationship issues can be severely triggering. If I even think that my husband is disappointed in me, mad at me, I am not okay. I have difficulty seeing straight, trembling. Oh yeah, my nervous system becomes greatly impacted. I have to take a serious step back, take a breath, 
remind myself that I matter. I am the most important person in my life, just like you are the most important person in your life. This is not selfish. It is essential for optimal health. I take a pause, then I practice some form of mindfulness, some type of activity that elicits joy. I cannot control other people. I have made it a priority to, at all costs, prioritize myself. I fail constantly. Friends, I am not perfect. I try every day and I fail, but I try to shift my thought process to one of gratitude or joy. I will engage in an activity I love. I need this. Anxiety disorders are complex and multifaceted conditions that result from a combination of genetic, biological, psychological, and emotional factors. Identifying the specific causes and triggers for an individual's anxiety can be challenging as these factors often interact and overlap. However, understanding these causes and triggers is crucial for effective diagnosis and treatment. Next week, we will jump into coping strategies, support, and interventions. If you are not already subscribed to the show, why not? Hit that follow button and the notification bell. Thanks so much for spending time with me today, and I will see you very soon. Bye, friends.